0: Welcome to the Streets Sessions, the business podcast brought to you by Streets Chartered Accountants. I'm James Pinchbeck, a partner with the firm, and I'll be hosting this session, which we have titled How Might the Pandemic Affect Your 2020 21 Self Assessment Tax Return and Tax Payments Going Forward? The deadline for submitting your 2020 21 Self Assessment Tax Return online is the 31st of January, 2022. And there's not expected to be an extension like in 2019-2020, an automatic £100 late filing penalty will apply if submitted late without a reasonable excuse. Those who regularly submit tax returns will be familiar with the usual requirement for what they need to declare or what they can claim on their self-assessment tax return. But there are extra considerations to take into account this year as a result of the pandemic. These may include the tax treatment of the Self-Employment Income Support Scheme, the SEISS, and Working From Home or the Coronavirus Job Retention Scheme, Eat Out to Help Out and the Restart Grants. There may also be a need to consider the impact of your 2020-21 tax return on your forthcoming payments on account. With this background in mind, I'm delighted to be joined by Streets Tax Manager, Kelly Goodchild. To discuss the impact of the pandemic on completing your self-assessment tax return for 2021. Welcome, Kelly.
1: Thank you, James.
0: Perhaps we can start by looking at what, from a self-assessment perspective, was different for many in 2020-21 as a result of the pandemic.
1: Well, firstly, obviously, things were very different for many, many businesses. Um, many businesses had to close down, especially obviously in the leisure and retail industry hairdressers beauticians things like that literally had to close their doors so profits were looking very very different for 2021 as we know the government bolstered the economy by um, providing various different sorts of schemes and grants all of which do come into this 2021 and a couple into the 2020 22 tax year so from that perspective profits are probably going to look Quite a lot different to what they have done in the past.
0: You mentioned there the valuable and important support that the self-employed received through the SEIS grants. Perhaps though many don't realise that these are subject to tax. On what basis are they and how should this be treated?
1: Yeah I think the word grant kind of resonates with a lot of people as something for free. And although, yes, it was given to them by the government, it is a taxable income. It is based as a profit. So what will need to be done, depending on what sort of grant it was, this amount will need to be basically added to the profit of your business. So for a self-employed person, that you will have to pay tax and national insurance on it, as you would any normal profit, um, and obviously, as, as a corporation business, then you would have to obviously pay corporation tax on that. So, um, but the, obviously, the SEISS grants were just for the self employed. So, but yeah, so they are taxable at the rate of tax that you pay and do need to be included as income.
0: Thank you. And I suppose the other key form of support for employees during lockdown was the coronavirus job retention scheme. How will those required to complete a tax return account for such income?
1: Okay so the uh, coronavirus job retention scheme which obviously a lot of us know as the furlough is furlough what um, the government helped um, employers out in that respect so they could keep uh, the employees on the payroll basically how that's Um, Accounted for as a business is again it's brought in as other business income, so taxed as a profit, Um, and then obviously it'll be paid out to the employee employees, so will come off as a deduction to the employees. As an employee yourself, you won't need to worry too much about that because it will just all be included on your P60. So if you do complete a tax return for other purposes, but you have a P60 from your employer all of your furlough payments will be included within that P60 and the coronavirus job retention scheme payments for the company that you work for so if you're that company they will be taxable on the company
0: Oh, thank you that, that really clarifies that point um, many self employed may have also received financial assistance by way of restart grants and through through eat out to help out Should these also be included when calculating taxable profits?
1: Yes, James, they do. Pretty much every sort of grant that was received, so whether that would be the restart grants, the eat out to help out, the grants that were received from local councils, they are all classed as income on your business. So um, I think the, the key really is to just tell your accountant, your tax advisor, Everything that you've received in that year from any any source whatsoever, really, and it obviously, you know, at the forefront of everyone's mind is to make sure we get these grants right and they get get put on the tax return in the correct place and are declared and the tax is paid thereon.
0: And I suppose the advice there is, if anybody received any financial support, I think it is slightly misleading when people think a grant is something yes. given without conditions. So I suppose absolutely, yeah exactly if you've received something just check with your advisor it's best to check and and make sure you've covered it off correctly than it is to to admit it and then find you've got some repercussions later I suppose absolutely
1: absolutely correct you know because we we, there's nothing worse than two years down the line you know get an inquiry into your tax return because you've missed a fair few thousand pounds off and you've got additional tax to pay on it so yeah let's get it right from the forefront really
0: thank you some will have received the £500 uh, test and trace uh, payment, self-isolation payment. Yeah. In such cases, how, how might these be treated from a, a self-assessment or a tax perspective?
1: Yeah, so again, they're taxable, depending on what sort of entity, sort of thing that you are. So if you're an employee, for instance, then that £500 will go on your tax return as a benefit, um, so another benefit, basically, as when you complete your tax return, you'd fill in obviously your P60 details. So this would be basically added on to that income, really. And then if you're self-employed, it'll go on again as other business income. So in both circumstances, taxable, but just
0: slightly different ways of how, how it's returned on the tax return. Thank you. And, and I suppose we've already talked about the need to declare any grants or financial yeah. assistance. But yeah. what might be, what might be the implications if you fail to, either deliberately or otherwise, fail to declare... Uh, receipt of any uh, coronavirus um, support or interventions.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if they have if they missed off your tax return completely, then obviously that's a fair amount. I mean, it it will just be similar to what it is if you missed anything off your tax return. So, I mean, if you've missed thousands of pounds of grants off your tax return, that's going to be a hefty bill to pay in the future. Now. Um, if a HMRC, I think what people need to realise as well is HMRC already hold this information. So the grants that's been awarded to Joe Blogs under National Insurance, so and so under um, UTR, so and so, HMRC will have that information. So it's just a case of them a bit like your P60. Um, they already hold that information because it's been given to them. The grant information has already been given to them in most cases. So it's just a case of them eventually getting to the point where they've, you know, it's, it's cross checking that on their on their systems, they've got a grant that you've received on your tax return. It's not included. And I mean, it might be that you've put it on, but in the wrong box, which will then create an inquiry so it's it's just getting it right getting it in the right place making sure it's all on because if, if like i said further down the line you're going to incur additional tax liabilities which will then incur potentially penalties um, and interest payments from the first obviously the first payment would be the 31st of january 2022 so if they inquire into your tax return a couple of years down the line then you're going to have you could have some fairly high interest and penalty charges
0: again i think that's sound advice Many in lockdown were unable to work. For some, there was a significant difference between what they would have normally received and the support they received or income they actually earned. For some, they sought alternative jobs, you know, sort of we know in the media and entertainment sector and other freelance sort of sectors where people may have become, you know, uh, delivery drivers or um, gone to work in businesses that were actually geared up to dealing with the pandemic measures. Um, and some of those may have, I'd imagine, gone from perhaps even from self-employed to a mix of PAYE in some of those roles, or actually the nature of their business or, or income had changed. What considerations will such individuals need to take into account when completing their return?
1: So, yeah, I mean, if you were a self-employed pre-pandemic and um, during the pandemic your business had to close and you took alternative employment and you were employed by a business, then... Um, then, yeah, that's going, to be, that's going to be added on to your self-employment income and potentially your grants as well as sort of added on top of that. So you could be in a situation maybe where actually because you've claimed the grants for your self-employment income, plus you've taken on a little bit more, you've earned a little bit more because you've taken on another job, um, that you might be looking at, you know, sort of quite a well, I not to say substantial liability, but certainly a tax liability in January, where maybe people will be thinking, well, you know, I've just been kind of, you know, sort of like treading water here, trying to keep myself afloat. Um, but you've got to consider that every every bit of income that you've had gets added together as as a collective. So you do need to make sure if you if you've been employed when you're not normally, you know, you're normally self-employed, then you should get a P60, or if it was if it was for a very short space of time, a P45, and with the details of the pay, I mean they should have deducted tax from you. So that will come into your self-assessment return. So as well as your self-employment pages, you might have additional employment pages. And similarly the other way around, if you were stuck at home and you, you know, set up some sort of, you know, online business and, and lots and lots of people did this sort of thing, then, you know, that will need to go onto your tax return as self-employment income. So it's it's just people doing different things that they've not done before and maybe people not realising the tax consequences of them doing it because at the time they were just trying to keep their head above water. So again, it's talking to your advisor, talking to your accountant, just making sure they're kept in the loop and knowing everything that you've had come in and from where it's come from.
0: And I suppose then looking at, in terms of completing a tax return by the 31st of January 2022, are there any other other matters individuals may want to take into account or are there any other allowances that may have been able to claim that they may have overlooked? And I'm actually thinking there are, particularly those who are working, were working from home or continue to work from home, yeah. uh, the, the, the allowance in relation to heat and light and the cost of working at home. I suppose that's probably one of the the key ones but whether there are other things like provision of it or other allowances I say often many of us are don't don't know what we can claim or what we're entitled yeah
1: yeah so there's a standard allowance for um, employees that work from home so it's six pounds per week so your employer can either pay you six pounds per week tax free or you can have that six pounds per week. So it's three hundred and twelve pounds per year popped in your tax code. So you just get an additional three hundred and twelve pounds worth of tax free income, effectively. I mean, it's not in sort of any massive amount of money, but that six pound is supposed to cover things like light, heat. Um, you know gas electricity all that kind of thing so um, so that's the standard amount for employees if you're self-employed and you're working from home then there's a slightly different calculation that you can do that is based on actual costs and, and what rooms in the house that you use and things but, but we've always used that calculation anyway so usually if you're self-employed then that's what would use anyway pre-pandemic post-pandemic I mean yeah provision of IT if you had to buy things that you Um, are using now because of working from home, IT equipment, things like that, then yeah, these these are all, as long as it's solely and exclusively for the purpose of the trade or employment, then that is an expense of your employment, so and self-employment so yeah so again it's just keeping us in the loop and letting us know what circumstances you're in you know working from home what you, what additional costs you've had and we can let you know what you can claim
0: Whereas then if we've completed a tax return often that follows that we all, or what follows is with the fact that we've actually got to make a payment um and, and for some that payment will be obviously still significant and in a period of time when perhaps they've got less wherewithal or cash to pay because they, they they've you know had less income and their costs may have, you know, particularly from you know, changed or not least when we talked about energy costs have gone up or, or, or the household income may have been affected. What advice would you give someone or support is available to somebody who may, you know, may, may struggle to make that tax payment on, on the 31st of January?
1: Yeah. So I think there's two sort of things we need to look at here, James. So firstly, um, as people will know if, they, if they're if um, they self-employed or um, have additional income, then usually they have to make payments on account. So as well as your balancing payment in, in January, you have a payment on account to make in January and July. Now, that's always based on the previous year. So in 2021, although a lot of people weren't necessarily earning a lot of money or profits were pretty low, that kind of thing. Although that might have been the case, obviously once the grants come in as well, um, then that is classed as income, as we've already spoke about. So that will come in with regard to the payments on account. Now, all of the, the majority of the um, help from the government was given in the 2021 20, tax year. So we went into the pandemic in March twenty. And, well, we're still in the pandemic, obviously, but um, we sort of started coming back out of it pretty much just over a year later. So all of the grants, pretty much apart from one, were received in that tax year. Now, if you if your business opened its doors again post-pandemic and it's not, you know, it's taken some time to get back on its feet or, you know, the customers are still pretty wary about coming out and that kind of thing, then it might be that your profits for twenty twenty 21 22 sorry are pretty dismal and that's the year where you've got pretty much no support from from the government so they're the payments on account that are going to be due this january coming and the following july so it really needs looking at i think for um all clients really get to find out what their position is post sort of coming out of lockdown to see if their profit's have dramatically um, gone down because if they have I mean they're going to be in a situation I mean if they've used the grants to live on they're going to be in a situation now where you know funds are pretty tight if it's taking a little bit of time to get back on their feet so for payments on account first thing that we do need to look at secondly if you really are going to struggle to make any payment in in January then the um, HMRC do have what's called a time to pay arrangement it's a pre arrangements so you can't get past well you, you can't really go past the 31st of january and then say i can't pay it they want to know in advance that you can't pay it um they've been pretty lenient to be perfectly honest obviously with everything that's been going on and given people a little bit more time than they normally would usually they look at sort of you know your income outgoings that kind of thing and basic sort of if you, if you give them sort of a three or six month Window in which you're going to pay a set amount every month, then they put it, they do agree to it. But we have had circumstances where they've extended this sort of to twelve months um, just to help businesses out because they don't want to see them fail. And obviously, the businesses are trying the hardest to sort of claw back post post lockdown. So um, so they are helping out in that way. But it's always again, it's let's do it. Don't do it in hindsight because it's always harder to kind of get get that agreement in place for tax that was due rather than tax that is becoming due. So it's just being aware of of what the circumstances are and letting us know so we can then let HMRC know.
0: And and I suppose if you've not made that pre-arrangement for, say, something like time to pay, alternatives could... Include and I know as a firm, we, we, we do offer support through a tax funding solution. Yes, absolutely. May, that, that, yeah. that may be another alternative because actually, you know, if you come to an arrangement and have, have put some finance in place to take, pay your tax, may take some of the pressure off that you may find from the revenue or, or other burdens, isn't it? Particularly, yeah. if you haven't been able to do that time to pay.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. It might it might be that you find that you thought you were going to be okay, and then you aren't. So, yeah, we've got we've got in house specialists that we can speak to that can arrange um, funding for for uh, tax payments and things. Usually bigger amounts, but um, but certainly, yeah. That's that's absolutely an
0: option. And I, I say this may be more relevant in this exceptional circumstance. Yes. I know. I'm sure your advice would be, like colleagues would be. If you're on self-assessment and you know you've got to pay your tax, make that provision as you go along. You know, either yeah. through us, either ring fence it or make, get yourself a separate bank account. Or absolutely. Know, in, par- in partnerships, it's often better leave it in in in, the, in your partnership, not take it out. Yeah. Uh, that avoids it being spent, doesn't it? Really, I think you know, it does. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, yeah. but as we said, you know, this this last sort of two years has been pretty exceptional, hasn't it? So, you know, people might not have been in a position to be able to to do that. Right to survive so yeah so it's just you know let's make sure that we we know where we are before the 31st january comes really yeah
0: i agree i know i know of cases where individuals have had to draw on their savings even their pension to to actually you know to get through yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's been a pretty tough time for for quite a lot of businesses but hopefully we're coming out the worst now
0: (laughs) thank you and, and I suppose the, the, often the question is you know, a lot of people feel they can, you know, the self-assessment tax return is something I can sit at home and I, can, we, we know cases, I mean, the, the, there is an increasing number of people, for example, who will complete it on Christmas Day. <laughs> I, I definitely can think of better things than doing my tax return. Me too. And, and strangely enough, they're not all accountants, you know, <laughs> but, but what are the benefits of enlisting the services of a tax specialist or advisor like yourself when it comes to your tax return?
1: yeah I, th- I think a lot of the time it's just making sure that you've you've either claimed everything that you can claim or if there's opportunities that you know tax planning pension advice um just making sure that you're getting the most out of um out of your income basically and you know there are certain sort of cut-off points where if you earn over a certain amount it might be good for you to pay into a pension to bring you back below like hundred thousand. And you know, in, in at the lower ends, there's you know, um, husband and wife partnerships, things like that. So you're using all of your both of your allowances. So it's just really, I think, I mean, my job is to make sure that my clients don't pay as much, you know, their, 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 their taxes as least as it, it possibly can be. And that's yeah. what comes with good tax planning and good tax advice. That it, it, it might, you know, it might cost you to get your tax return completed, but nine times out of ten savings in tax that you make because of the extra additional advice that you get way outweigh the the cost of paying for the tax return so um so yeah so i think i think it's just us making sure that um our clients are doing everything they possibly can do to keep their tax as low as they can
0: And i suppose exactly and i think some of it also is around you build knowledge of clients over a period of time And, and and for me that that's important but also increasingly whilst i say i one could do their own complete their own tax return if you've got a query and you and and, and 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 want to deal with the revenue the revenue are particularly stretched there's quite a lot of media coverage the challenge the hmrc have at the moment in actually undertaking the work they're undertaking and invariably if you want to get hold of them it's very different difficult yeah equally, knowing the terminology or how to approach yeah. it isn't it, it you know is. I, think, I think that that also adds value to the tax advisor client relationship, doesn't it? If you've got a problem, you've got somebody I I, I won't say necessarily on your side, but there's somebody who understands what you as a client and understands yeah. and understands the process and relationship between, you know, the client and the revenue and, and acts as an intermediary in that respect, doesn't it? An advisor. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And all, as you said, the revenue resources are pretty dire, really, at the moment. Um, you know, like you say, if you want to try and get hold of them, it's being on the phone for 45 minutes before anyone picks the phone up at the other end. But um, but yeah, and it's also it's also the person that's answering the phone at the other end might not have the knowledge um, to answer the question that, you, that you've, you're posing, because a lot of them have, have got very sort of limited um, amount of um, of knowledge if you think they deal with a certain thing and that's kind of it so yeah i mean in in our firm we've got we've got specialisms you know we look doctors property all that kind of thing so and it's it will always there's always always be somebody on hand that will be able to help you out and be able to answer your query um and yeah i mean taxes is, is um a lot of the time is an interpretation of the law and and that's a, can be a lot sort of more than just black and white so so yeah so having some professionals on board is definitely definitely a good idea
0: and i think as we've talked, you mentioned there about particularly uh, those with property so residential lettings yeah it's uh, yeah. been quite there's quite a lot of change around the taxation over the last couple of years on that as with many aspects of, 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 of income tax capital gains tax yeah. stamp duty land tax you know the only one that doesn't seem to change is inheritance tax you know and and I think the point is what you've got as if you're giving professional advice is that advice is up to date the danger is as a private individual you think well I'm sure this is the regime or the legislation but it's most likely changed Uh, and that way you can get caught out so I think that's the other thing that you you know I know a a professional advisor brings doesn't it
1: absolutely I mean yeah I mean we have we have a budget once a year and a spending review and whatever they want to call it these days but basically we can we can have two changes a year in legislation so um so yeah so things constantly changing in our profession so yeah and and as you say just rates not even just rates and allowances but just the structure of how things can work and what's best to do so so yeah so it's constantly changing so it's always good to get up-to-date advice
0: no no, thank you thank you kelly And, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the street sessions If you have any specific concerns or questions having listened to this podcast, please do email info at streetsweb.co.uk or visit streetsweb.co.uk. Thank you also to you for listening. We look forward to catching up with you again in future sessions.